because you're not fast enough? That's a good one. That's a good one. Now take it back. I don't think so. <laughs> no need to go there. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that one actually hurt a little. <laughs> Look here, Helene, I was thinking... <laughs> oh, shit. Now it's on. Hey, welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're talking about a show that the New York Times once said put rap in the mainstream. We're whistling for a cab and talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Which is probably one of the more popular shows of the 90s. I think everyone knows the theme song for sure. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Yeah, well, everyone knows the parts of the theme song that were on there. And then right. they find out that there's like three other verses. Well, I'm talking about the theme song, not the full song. Yeah, but there's always a point where somebody, I, I feel like I've been a karaoke and someone's like, I'm going to sing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. <laughs> and then it starts going past what's on the TV show and they're like, wait, I don't know what, I don't know what these lyrics are. Every time I've been at karaoke and somebody has sang it, it's just been the theme song part. Oh, see, I've been, and I've seen other parts where they get to it and they're like, I, I don't know this. And Those people must be picking the artist and not, like, there's a TV theme song category for karaoke, and this is one of those, so they must be picking the wrong version of it, I guess. Well, this is a show that I watched a lot of as a kid, and then I continue, I still watch it. I'll, whenever I can find it, if it's on TV and reruns, if I can just find it, episode somewhere on the internet... I feel like I watch at least one episode every couple weeks. Oh, really? I haven't watched it really since the 90s, I don't think, because I don't know where you can find it. I ended up buying a couple episodes streaming on Amazon. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the only place that you can get it now. I don't think... I know it's not on Netflix, and it's not on Hulu, it's not on anything else. I think it's just Amazon for purchase. Yeah, but at least they have all the seasons. Yeah, they've got all of it, and there were six seasons of it. Uh, so the show itself started in 1990. It debuted in September 1990, which was about three years after Will Smith had made his debut as a rapper as part of the group uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And so they were growing in popularity at the end of the 80s, and he was approached by NBC and uh, the executive producer for the show, Quincy Jones. And they asked him if he wanted to do a show. And he said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. He said yes because he had IRS problems. He owed like millions of dollars to the IRS. Yeah, he was spending money left and right. And I think for the first three seasons it is, he ended up giving a good portion of his check to the IRS. Yeah, I think it was 70% or something like that. Yeah, he, uh, he needed to make that money back. But I think it all worked out for him in the end. This was actually his first acting role. Yeah, before that, he had only been in an ABC school special. Yeah, and then music videos for DJ right. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So the, the show was your basic fish out of water sort of thing. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies, except for a kid who lived on the streets in Philadelphia. And he moved to Bel Air to live with his rich aunt and uncle, Vivian and Phil. Uh, and their kids, Hillary, Carlton, and Ashley, and then in the later seasons, uh, Nikki. 
And DJ Jazzy Jeff was also on the show. He had a recurring role as Will's friend Jazz, although he's not in either of the episodes that we're talking about today. Nope, but he would always get thrown out of the house by Uncle Phil. Yeah, and they actually only filmed that once. They just did it one time. I saw something that said they filmed it 15 times. Well, they only used one oh, yeah, take of it. Yeah. I'm sure they filmed it a bunch to get the right yeah. throwing out. But they only they use the same one pretty much every time because they had to film that on location. and Yeah. And he wears the same shirt in any episode where he ends up getting thrown out by Uncle Phil so that that clip makes sense. Oh, I, did, I actually didn't know that. <laughs> But the show itself went through the interactions that Will had with people kind of in a, in a strand of life that he was not used to. Uh, the first episode, you know, deals with him going and having to go to a, a dinner, a fancy dinner party with Uncle Phil's law buddies and how it kind of goes there and him butting heads with Carlton and the way Carlton lives. And that, that's kind of just the basic underlying premise for everything that happens in the show uh, is just how Will reacts to these situations and how these people react to Will. Right. And he, I think, is also known for how he dresses on the show, like very bright colors, a lot of patterns and stuff like that. He actually had a had a name for how he called his dress. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He described it as classy splatow. Splatow? Classy <laughs> splatow. I mean, honestly, though, it's it, it's something that kind of stu- stuck, not just for him, but in rap culture and, 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 and that sort of thing in general, is there are plenty of designers and, and clothing lines that mimic that sort of style today, and you can still see. Yeah, and I think when people are dressing up for, like, 90s parties and stuff today, they kind of emulate his style a little bit. Yeah, the, the backwards cap and the neon colors and... Kind of the oversized stuff that it's got going on. Giant sneakers. Uh, he he would would he do the suspenders, the overalls, mm. the jean denim overalls. I think he had, I think he had yeah. some. Yeah. Uh, so you know that was kind of an iconic thing that we got there. And I already mentioned earlier that Quincy Jones was one of the he was the executive producer for it. Quincy Jones is also the cab driver in the opening. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was doing a little bit of research for this and saw that as like a fact that was listed about the show. Literally just had never even put that together. So we're going to be talking about two episodes today, Boxing Helena, which is part of the final season, season six, and Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse, which was season four, and I think is one of the more famous episodes of The Fresh Prince, if not the most famous episode from it, just for the scene at the end. And Boxing Lane is just one of my favorite episodes, mm-hmm. and I, I, I struggled to choose which one for this, but <laughs> ended up going with that. Yeah, and I didn't have as clear of memories about these episodes, so I definitely let you take the lead on this one. Yeah. Both of these episodes come from the second half of the run of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's kind of broken up into the first three series and then the last three, and it's broken up that way because of one character, <laughs> uh, Aunt Viv. Who, there's two women who played Aunt Viv, and Janet Hubert, she played Aunt Viv for the first three seasons, and Daphne Reed was Aunt Viv for the last three seasons. Yeah, and for these episodes, it's just the second one. Yeah. Although I don't think she's actually in Boxing Helena. No, she's not. Yeah. She's in the she's in the other episode, but she's not yeah. in Boxing Helena, and she's not the real Aunt Viv. The first one is, <laughs> even if... She's gone because Will Smith allegedly had issues with her and there was other problems with the cast members. 
The first Amphib is the real one. I think that's a pretty common consensus among fans. Yeah, she was great. She was wonderful. And the second one, you know, she did fine, but you can't replace her. Big shoes to fill. So why don't we just get into uh, the first one? Yeah. Boxing Helena. So the cold open here is Nikki in the kitchen doing model airplanes. And it took me a second to realize what he was from. And then I realized that he is Buckwheat from Little Rascals, which he is definitely my favorite character from Little Rascals. (laughs) Yeah. And he's adorable in Little Rascals and he's adorable in this. Yeah. He's also in Independence Day as Vivica Fox's kid. Oh, okay. So he was with... Will Smith in two things. Yeah, and this is that. That was in the same year. Independence Day came oh. out uh, in '96, and that's what year season six was for this. Oh, and um, a little bit of trivia: Nikki's full name is Nicholas Andrew Michael Sean Nathan Wanya Banks, named after Boys to Men, who performed at his christening. I didn't know that they performed his christening. Yep. I knew that he was named after Boys to Men, but did not know his, that they sang his christening. That's cool. <laughs> so um, Nikki's doing these model airplanes, and Will sits down to help him out, but Nikki says it's pretty complicated. Yeah, Nikki, I feel like Nikki's smarter than Will at this <laughs> point, which Nikki was born in season four, and then they did like that TV thing where yeah. in season five, he's just a toddler or several years <laughs> older, even though he was like a newborn in the previous season and i do like that they kind of acknowledge it though in that in that jazz comes and he's like thinks it's really weird and will <laughs> just kind of looks at the camera awkwardly like jim halpert like kind of yeah and, breaking the fourth wall yeah but nikki i love nikki he's great and will of course messes up uh after he makes some comments about wanting a model of his own about five nine one twenty <laughs> yeah uh, Nikki just gives him shit because Nikki's... I think he says that would be pretty hard to put together. Yeah, he's not wrong. (laughs) Will messes up and uh, we go through the theme song and it cuts to Will training or getting Nikki ready to train to be a boxer. Yep, they're going to be going to the gym and Will has signed Nikki up for a boxing class. And Uncle Phil comes in and says, make sure that Nikki is also learning about sportsmanship, that boxing isn't just about violence. Yeah, Nikki says he's going to go medieval on you as he's beating <laughs> up the little boxing toy he's got. Which yeah, the great. inflatable rocking thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hillary comes down. She realizes that there's fluorescent lighting and she needs to put on more makeup, which yep. is a classic Hillary thing. And then Carlton, God bless Carlton, <laughs> he comes in singing... I'm a maniac, maniac, and he's just dressed from head to toe in Gore-Tex. Yeah, and, well, it seems like his pants were, like, the stretchy material, but his sweatshirt was cotton. Yeah. And Will was also wearing, like, a sweatshirt and sweatpants, which I don't understand when I go back and watch all these 90s shows and, you know, movies, too. Everybody's working out in this, like cotton which nobody does now now everybody wears like something that's breathable and all that and wearing a sweatshirt definitely just seems uncomfortable we weren't as technologically savvy we didn't know (laughs) it just came up on an episode of friends that i was watching too where they were going and running in sweatshirts and i could never do that uh jeffrey comes in at this point and jeffrey is 
the goat. Jeffrey is so great. I <laughs> I wish there was just a show that was just all Jeffrey. I've watched clips that are just Jeffrey roasting people on YouTube. <laughs> he more just than throws I would so like much to. shade. Yeah. He's great. He talks about, he says that's the most ridiculous outfit he's ever seen. <laughs> and then <laughs> Ashley comes down wearing her dippity doo dog uniform and he corrects himself saying that's the most ridiculous thing he's ever seen. And she complains about having to wear the same outfit every day. And Jeffrey's saying, oh, imagine that. That sounds horrible. Because <laughs> yep. Jeffrey doesn't give a fuck. And because he wears the same thing every day as a butler. And yeah, her job is at a place that's a lot like Hot Dog on a Stick, which I guess still exists today, but I actually haven't seen one in a really long time. No, you, I mean, I've, were they corn dogs or hot dogs? Corn dogs. They're corn. Okay. Yeah. There's one place in Grand, Grand Haven, Michigan, uh, that I go to when I lived out there. It was uh, just so delicious. <laughs> oh, there. So it was just this little stand. On the, on the side of the beach, and it's just so good. The beach? Yeah. What beach? Off Lake Michigan. Oh. <laughs> a real beach, not like the beaches here. Grand That's a, a, lake be- a lake beach, though. Yeah, but li- I'm sorry. Lake Michigan is giant. <laughs> you can't see it across it. It's not like it's yeah. this little pond. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway. Anyway, they get to the gym, and my favorite part about the, the establishing shot when they get to the gym is there's these two women walking on treadmills that are clearly not moving. The treadmills are not moving at all. They don't even look like treadmills, really. Like, I don't even think that they're standing on anything. They look like they're just standing in front of something. Yeah, like they're holding a brace, and that's it, pretty much. They're just holding something that's keeping them up. Uh, But Carlton, he decides he's going to act like he knows what he's doing at the gym, and he doesn't need a personal trainer. He's got this. So he goes and tries to bench press something, and the bar falls on him immediately, and he starts screaming like a girl. Yeah, and he he just... Screams over and over, and finally, this big uh, big gym guy comes over, and he is the trainer at the gym, and he convinces Carlton to to take his services because he offers him the gold package, and Carlton likes gold. Yeah, it's an easy sell. Yeah, so he, Carlton says he's got a great base. The guy says he's Crisco. Carlton's <laughs> like, yeah, but it's spread over a good base. <laughs> and he gets the gold package and he's like, all right, cool, this will be good. The guy will tra- train me and get treated like royalty. Yep. And then we see Will on a weight machine and Hillary's there with him at first, but then leaves once she realizes that she will be breaking out of sweat. And another girl comes over and sits down on the machine that Hillary just left and Will immediately hits on her because she's hot. And this is not gym etiquette. Gym etiquette, you do not talk to anybody at the gym, especially girls who are working out. You mean that's not the time that girls want to be hit on? Is <laughs> Definitely it not. I thought that you I mean, you go to the gym to pick up a man, right? Gosh. <laughs> I go to the gym and wear headphones the entire time. Yeah. Will. So Will pretends like he's doing sets of 100 to try and hit her and show off his strength. She pretty much ignores him and goes away. And he's just left to his own devices at that point. Yep. Meanwhile, Carlton is with his trainer and gets put onto one of these fake treadmills. And the guy next to him is, quote unquote, running. And Carlton notices. And so he speeds up the speed on his treadmill and then ends up flying off. Yeah. Classic, you know, classic treadmill stuff. Everyone saw that coming. (laughs) 
And Will sees the hot girl over by the water cooler and then decides to hit on her again. Yep. And this time he mentions bringing oils for a massage. And when he turns to look back, it's not her, but uh, a, a clearly gay man standing there. And I don't know if Will's homophobic or whatnot, but he was not about that. He's like, oh, hell no. And runs away, does the classic Will Smith stuff there and, and, and tries to get out of that situation. There was a lot of gay panic in the 90s. Yeah, he, he wasn't... He wasn't, uh, he wasn't ready for that. He needed a few more years. He was still dealing with race issues. Yeah. Um, so then we see Ashley at work, and I have a lot of problems with this. With the Dippity Doo Dogs? Oh, yeah. What did Dippity Doo Dog do? <laughs> so they're doing a overview of what Ashley's job will be, and her boss teaches her how to dip these hot dogs in the corn batter and she doesn't do it at the right angle 60 degree angle <laughs> so then she tries it again but the hot dog falls off and she's like fishing it out of the batter with her hands Ugh. he doesn't even say anything about that he's just like oh never mind we'll come back to this later well i mean it's clear that most people aren't going to dippity doo dog he's like by the time someone comes we have a real customer <laughs> that'll be a whole new batter there i sure hope so and so he teaches her how to make the lemonade which is a great scene. Uh, he says there's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to churning, which, first of all, the the bucket that they're doing it in looks like one of those big mop mop water buckets <laughs> like that you would have. And I don't know it I don't know how many lemons they're trying to churn in this or what they're really even doing. But he starts doing it to the tune of Disco Inferno, saying, churn, baby, churn. Well, no, no, no. There's no rhythm. Sing. I don't want to sing. Actually, singing is what a dippity dog do. Churn, baby, churn. That's it. Lemon inferno, churn, baby, churn. Uh, poor Ashley. I mean, did you have like a mall job or anything? That oh, no. 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 No, I have never worked in food service at all. Really? No. I babysat in high school, and after that, I just had kind of normal jobs. I worked at the school paper in college. and I worked at a pizza place in high school and then again in college called Hungry Howie's Pizza. <laughs> and it was wonderful because I love pizza. And it was horrible because people are the worst. As Ashley finds out, people are the worst, especially in food service. Like, if it, it could be a blizzard out and... It takes somebody maybe an hour to get their pizza for delivery because the drivers can't go right. <laughs> more than five miles an hour or whatever. And they'll call you just demanding their money back. I'm like, then come get it yourself. <laughs> I totally understand why Ashley's upset at this, having this job, even though it's just to pay for half of her car. Right. <laughs> which, come on. <laughs> then we cut back to the gym where Nikki is sitting and he's getting ready for his... He's, been, he's actually in his boxing lesson with Helena, and Will is very thrown off when he hears that the boxing instructor's name is Helena. Yep, and then he realizes that it is the hot girl that he's been hitting on this whole time. Yep, so he goes over and says something about how cute it is. She got her cute little gloves and all of that. Nice, tight little outfit. Works for you, cutie. 
And she she dismisses him pretty pretty easily. Says typical male attitude. And then she does one of my favorite things that TV shows do where she turns to like where she's talking to someone else but no <laughs> words are said and she, they they kind of just gesture to each other as though they're talking they're right. gesticulating <laughs> like they're talking but they're like no oh. there's nothing said and will comes over and basically starts giving her crap and she ends up starting to spar with him wants to get him in the ring and he's like I can't hit a lady one of my favorite things that he says is they no one's ever heard of you know, female boxers like Muhammad Ali Sheedy. Yeah. But, like, Muhammad Ali's daughter is a, <laughs> is a famous boxer. Right. Not Maybe, at that time. Yeah. But it's kind of funny now looking back at it. Uh, <laughs> that one didn't age well. No, it definitely didn't. But she starts picking on him and says, hey, are you not fast enough or something? And is hitting him. And he gets thrown down to the ground and says, now it's on. He does one of my favorite Will Smith things from The Fresh Prince where he talks in like his nerd voice <laughs> is what I call it. Like, you keep doing that. Over, like, it almost reminds me of like an Urkel voice. Oh, yeah. Kind of when he does it. But yeah, he started, he goes to fight her and she's like, come on, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. And every time he just kind of winds up and then just bats at her and he's like, I don't, I don't feel right. This don't feel right. I can't do it. Yeah. So she keeps punching him. Yep. She's dishing it out and... I'm Basically just beats him up, beats the crap out of him. And he doesn't bite until she says a classic 90s insult. Yo mama. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. She's just sitting there. He's like, I can't do anything. She's like, mm, yo mama. <laughs> mama said knock you out. And then he gets knocked out. Yeah. And then we cut to him on the couch at the house and Nikki and his friends come in. Is that him? Yep. Wow, I've never seen a freak up close before. He's not a freak. He's just a wimp. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, that's enough. Come on, you kids, get out of here. Go ahead, go ahead, go on, get out, go, go. Stop right there, or I'll get my sister coming after you. Which Will says he'll knock her block off, which there was a kid in my middle school, I remember, who would always say, I'm going to knock your block off. I've never heard that before. Oh, my God. It's this point. His, I, his first name was Richard. I can't remember his last name. Uh, probably good. Yeah. <laughs> but Calling Richard, him out. Yeah. Richard, if you remember this, if you went to Iroquois Middle School and you used to say, I'm going to knock your block off, <laughs> I hope you don't say that anymore because you said it a lot. <laughs> um, and Jeffrey comes in. He's like, oh, don't worry. I had a friend who who got beat up by a girl and was like, oh, what, what happened? You expect me to keep in touch with a wuss like that? <laughs> the whole family just drags well. It's great. Yeah, because then we see Carlton come in and Uncle Phil is helping him walk. And he's like, could be worse. It could be the laughing stock of the gym like you. And then Uncle Phil starts giving him a crap. And then Ashley comes in and is like, I had the worst day, but at least I didn't get beat up by a girl. Yeah. And going back to last week with Say by the Bell, Slater would have felt right at home here with this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of the all the kind of just sexist stuff going on with Will and everyone in here saying that, you know, a girl can't do anything like this. Slater would have been all about that. Yep. <laughs> So then we see Will at the gym and he's hitting on another girl and he takes the machine from another girl in order to sit next to this girl. And when that girl comes back, she gets pissed and 
literally throws him across the gym. Yeah, like a rag doll. And it is he, a rag doll. <laughs> yeah. It literally they replace him with a rag doll and he just keeps getting thrown back and forth as he has this nightmare yeah. uh, that he's at the gym and all these women are beating him up and all this stuff. And so when he finally goes back to the gym, he's all jumpy every time a woman comes by him. And he's talking to Hillary and he's saying basically what he's going to be doing. And she's like, you're here to beat up a girl. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, not like that. No, no. And he kind of gets defensive and stuff. But Helena comes back and she kind of gives him a little jab on the shoulder and says, you know, sorry. And it's one of my favorite scenes just because of what Will is doing when she shows up. Yeah, he's picking up these little tiny weights. They can't be more than two pounds. <laughs> yeah. They might not even be two pounds. And he's just acting like he's <laughs> and, and he's talking, trying to play off like, oh, what? Yesterday, huh? No, what? Oh, yeah. You, you mean when you sucker punch me, all this stuff. <laughs> yep. And she starts hitting him again. And he finally blocks her punches and puts her like in a headlock or something like yeah. that, which <laughs> she gets super turned on. He's just like, oh. Take me. <laughs> and which leads me to one another one of my things that I just remember from the show all the time. And she like, Will's like, oh, you're kind of freaky, right? And she's like, take me now. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, girl, you're going to tell me twice. And he just like carries her off, presumably, to have sex with her right then and there yeah. at the gym. <laughs> yep. But we don't see that, luckily. No. <laughs> uh, we cut to Dippity Doo Dog, where Ashley is working and a tour bus comes in and her boss gets all flustered by how many people are asking for hot dogs. It's not even a normal line. Like they're just giving these hot dogs away. I barely see any money being exchanged. Yeah. There's no, (laughs) there's no money being given. Yeah. Um, and he starts just like dipping hot dogs in the batter like crazy. There's batter everywhere. There's hands in places that they shouldn't be anywhere near food. It is not sanitary. I'm not really like a germaphobe, but if I saw this in person, I'd be super freaked out. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you knew half the stuff that was going on there. I don't want course, to know. <laughs> you should really work in food services at some point. We had Mexican food before this, and I don't want to know anything about where the food came from. <laughs> I mean, it's probably more sanitary than the Mexican food I had in Mexico, but it's less delicious. So what does that tell you about sanitation? <laughs> anyway, she actually shines under... The pressure and she comes out on top and she helps the manager and I the Ashley subplot kind of bores me in this one. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I would consider it even like a C story where Carlton is like the B story and obviously Will is the A. Yeah. Carlton at the end, he comes into the room. Uh, Helena and Will are sitting on the couch talking about which boxer would beat which boxer because now they're, <laughs> they're clearly all lovey-dovey. And Carlton comes in and says that he gave Stan the what for Stan the the, the trainer the what for saying he's not he can shove his gold package. And Will asked him what Stan said to that, and uh, he said he signed him up for the platinum package. It's the same as the gold package, but without the rudeness. <laughs> I like how he said rudeness twice in this episode. Oh God, I love Carlton so much. Yeah. He unfortunately doesn't do the Carlton dance in here, but... I know. I was really disappointed in that, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know where he got the Carlton dance from? I do. Where? From the dance that Courtney Cox did in the Bruce Springsteen video. And? I don't know, and, and. Ah, there's more, (laughs) you see. He took it from a couple different places. He 
He did do the Courtney Cox one, but there was also Eddie Murphy's White Man Dance. Oh. Kind of combined what those things were and thought that those were indicative of what Carlton would do. Makes sense. Um, so we had some good things in this one. We had a lot of 90s dress. We had... Some the, some uh, gym dress, gym yeah. clothes. And, and gym tropes, the things <laughs> that would happen in pretty much every show. Right. From the gym. Like all of the, all the word, the drop and give me 20 and Carlton giving him the $20 bill. Right. And all of that stuff. Uh, well, you want to rate this one? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really like this episode that much. Oh, that hurts me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I liked certain things. There are about two things I liked in this episode. I liked Carlton screaming. Right, of course. Um, I liked it when he was screaming after the trainer made him get back on the weight machine. Why don't you get back to your workout, you no good, yellow-bellied waste of skin? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) The only thing you'll be drinking is my boot if you don't get back on that machine, you no good pansy! (laughs) I don't believe the gold package said anything about rudeness. And then I liked Nikki because I think that he's adorable. Of course he is. Um, but that's about all I really liked. I don't know. Um, I Like you said, the Ashley C story isn't that great. And I also kind of got really turned off by Will's gym behavior. I get that it's supposed to be funny and stuff, but it also just seemed a little predatory. Yeah, I, I can see that. I feel like... <laughs> The, it, the episode built itself up like it was going to be this thing like women can do yeah. stuff and then they just took that away at the end. <laughs> yeah, so I would probably give this episode like, I don't know, two gold packages. Okay. I can, I can respect that. I, I think I chose this one because it's pretty, I feel like it's very indicative of how Will his personality is. In that he he tries to be this player and do all this stuff and like show that he's not afraid of anything no matter what situation he's in and there's plenty of scenes and there's plenty of ones where you see him doing that in in these situations where he's around you know these stuffy you know lawyer types and all these hoity-toity people in Bel Air mm-hmm. but seeing him in one where he's more in his element uh, I think kind of really reflects his personality on there and. Going to the gym also lets Carlton do Carlton <laughs> stuff, which is great. And even Hillary got to do a few Hillary things. Yeah. Although Hillary does a lot more in the, in the next episode we're going to talk about. Uh, for me, I would give this... And this is a rating today, not a rating based on your memory. Oh, no, I know. I've got <laughs> I've got where it is. I'm just trying to think of what I want to rate it as. Oh, okay. Right now. So I was going to do gold gold packages, but... Stole it. Someone stole it from me. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it three Nikki's model airplanes. That was my backup. Nice. Think alike. Uh, Before we get into the next episode, a couple more pieces of trivia here. Okay. Do you know the name of Uncle Phil's law firm? I don't. It is Firth, Wynn, and Meyer. Do you know why Quincy Jones named it that? Nope. Because one of his favorite musical groups is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh. So he wanted to name it kind of... 
a similar sort of thing. Part of the reason that Will Smith was chosen for this and kind of part of the, if you look at early reviews of it, like when the show came out, is a lot of people talked about how it's kind of pushing rap towards the mainstream because in the late 80s, early 90s, that was kind of when gangster rap was coming up. And DJ Jesse Jeff and Will Smith uh, as the Fresh Prince actually won the first rap Grammy when they first add that, added that to the Grammys. They won it for Parents Just Don't Understand. Right, and it was like a year or less than a year after they started rapping, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was in 1989, I want to say. That it came. Uh, yep, it was in 1989. They won a Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance, uh, which Leslie Nope raps at in Parks <laughs> and Rec, if you're interested. <laughs> but along, around the time when the show came out, uh, there was like there was some other stuff going on within rap with uh, Two Live Crew. They had the song Me So Horny, <laughs> I, which I'm sure even if you don't know the lyrics of, you've probably heard it at some okay. point. Uh, it the chorus just goes ah me so horny ah ah me so horny. Is that what is in Parks and Rec too? Do they have that in Parks and Rec? Well, you know the character Nick Kroll plays. Yeah. Like they have their soundboard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And one of them is me so horny. Uh, it's not from that, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so they they had just come out with an album that people a a record store owner got arrested for selling it. Oh. People wanted to put an advisory warning on it that was more than just parental advisory. And some of the members of Two Life Crew got arrested for performing their songs at a club in Florida. And there were police officers in the audience who were trying to record them saying that it was too, there was obscenity, like too oh. much obscenity for, for anyone to play it publicly and stuff. And there was this whole thing and like free speech advocates and all this stuff trying to get them free. And so huh. while this is all going on, then you've got Will Smith who was kind of more mainstream and a, a, a less aggressive face, I guess, that people could have because, you know, even if civil rights stuff, you know, the, the laws were enacted in the 60s, it's not as though that just ended problems. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and, even today. Yeah. And you had, you know, the Rodney King stuff and the and all that and people saw Will Smith as just kind of like a, a non-threatening face that they could put with rap and so that's kind of a, a part of the appeal that people saw with the Fresh Prince hmm. interesting yep it is it is different it it was kind of strange how all that stuff going on and it, it did help I think kind of pushing hip-hop and rap into the mainstream too with the show and it got to deal with a lot of issues as the next episode. Yeah. has got a brand new excuse goes into. Yes. A very serious episode. I have never watched the episode without crying. I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you have. I, I was sitting across from Katie while she watched it and Not, I, wasn't I was watch watching it. it for the second time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I've seen this episode dozens of times and even I wasn't even watching it I was just doing some other stuff while she's watching it and we get to the end and I start tearing up I can't make <laughs> it through the episode well Will does do some or yeah, yeah his name is still Will Smith <laughs> I, know, I, was just, I was just backing up and I was like wait that is his name anyway <laughs> Will does do some good acting here too so yeah it's the, understandable the entire premise of this episode is Will's dad returning Yep. So we start out where Will and Carlton are at work, and I think they're in college now. Is that right? 
at this point, season four, um, not yet in college. They're kind of just at the end, end of high school getting into that point. Oh, okay. Um, so Will thinks he's getting watched by this guy, and when he goes over to confront him, he realizes that it's his dad, who he has not seen in 14 years. And just to point out, Will's dad is played by... Ben Vereen, who also played Barney's brother's dad in How I Met Your Mother. Yep. He was a stage actor for a lot of his career before that, too. Oh. Yeah. So I recognized him immediately from How I Met Your Mother because I love that show so much. <laughs> uh, so Carlton, when he learns that that's Will's dad and he sees him, he's like, oh, Uncle Lou? Oh, <laughs> man, we got so much catching up to do. Carlton has <laughs> No grasp of the situation at hand at all. No. He asks if he bought, brought him a present. Yeah, which is <laughs> so rude. <laughs> but what can you expect from Carlton? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I think it's worth pointing out that right around the time when this episode came out, a couple movies that had some characters with missing fathers also came out. Mm. Uh, Forrest Gump. He didn't know his father. I've only seen that one time. I don't really what? remember it. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I saw it as an adult, too. I didn't see it when it came out. I've legitimately seen Forrest Gump over 100 times. That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I had a Forrest Gump bubblegum shrimp shirt. I think I've been to Bubba Gump's. There was a Bubba Gump in the airport in Mexico. Oh. I did not go to it. <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, the Lion King also came out then. I have seen The Lion King. Well, I mean, I had seen Forrest Gump too, but um, Lion King I've seen at least a handful of times, but again, n not in a very long time, not since I was a kid. So some movies with characters missing fathers, but uh, their fathers don't come back. Oh, poor Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> too dark. Very dark. <laughs> um, Will invites his dad to dinner. And he invites him to the crib. Yeah, you can come to the crib, go some dinner. And Lou, his father, uh, is kind of kind of skeptical. He's he's not sure that he's welcome with with Phil and Vivian. Right, and he's right about that. Yeah, he's not wrong. He is not wrong at all. Because when they go back and he shows up, he walks in with Will and Aunt Viv's like, "Oh, Will, Lou." And she just kind of says it so casually, like, oh, of course. And it makes you think for a second that Will has told her yeah. that they're coming. And then she kind of does a double take and is like, whoa, where? <laughs> and says that Will should have given her a heads up that he was bringing Lou over. And Jeffrey says, oh, he did. I just thought it would be more fun this way. Jeffrey is the <laughs> shit. And he has so many good lines in this one. Like... All of the comic relief from this very serious episode comes from Jeffrey, and he has a lot of them. <laughs> it's great. Hillary doesn't even recognize Lou, and even when she's told that it's Will's dad, she's like, no, Will's dad was a deadbeat. Yeah, he left his <laughs> mom and Will high and dry, and he's like, yep, that's me. And she's like, oh my god, Uncle Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but when Phil walks in, he is asking about the truck in the driveway, asking where it came from, and then he sees Lou, and Vivian pretty quickly steers him away so they can talk. Yeah, and Phil is clearly pissed that Lou is anywhere near Will. Right. Uh, Uncle Phil is such a good dude. I love Uncle Phil so much. Yeah, he, you know, has been taking care of Will for a number of years now, so he rightfully feels 
as though he has some ground here. Yeah, he's been his father figure for the last four years. It's it, it, He wants to protect him. And he decides he's not going to take part in the dinner, says he's lost his appetite. And Jeffrey, of course, steps in with another one-liner. Oh, shall I call 911? <laughs> uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, pretty good. So Lou takes uh, Will out. They go to the fair, it looks like. Yeah, like some sort of fair. like carnival. Yeah, and they're wearing propeller hats. Yeah, it's, it's like Will's trying to basically reclaim his childhood that he missed out on with his dad. Yeah, you see him stealing glances at like little kids on their dad's shoulders and all this other stuff going on. And then he sits down, you know, he, he doesn't want to hear Lou explain why he was gone. He... It's, it's kind of clear at this point that Lou, Lou wants to tell Will, like, all these things. He wants to be forgiven, but Will doesn't want to hear any of it, really. So Lou tries to connect with him another way, saying, you know, he was a point guard in high school and he shoots baskets. And let me tell you that Lou's form is terrible. <laughs> but I, he makes every shot. Yeah. The hoop is literally, like, three feet away <laughs> from them. Anyone could win that carnival game. That's the worst carnival game I've ever seen. That would never exist. And this little kid's like, man, that guy's good when he makes like three in a row, which is no feat at all. It would be for me. I think that you could do it at that hoop. Uh, I don't know. You also haven't seen my form, which is also terrible. Uh, well, Will hears the kids say that and he gets kind of proud of his dad. And He says, he that's my dad. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Makes me sad. So then Will says that he's going to actually leave for the summer with his dad. He tells this to Phil and Vivian, and Phil is not happy. No, he loses his shit there, and he's just really, really mad about it. Lou tries to interject, and Phil says it's a family thing, and Will gets upset at Phil for this, and Lou goes out, and Uncle Phil kind of keeps trying to push him, and then there's the first point in the episode where I tear up, <laughs> which is when Will screams at Uncle Phil. I've been waiting for this for a long time, my whole life, and ain't nobody going to stop me. Come tomorrow, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Who cares what you think? You are not my father! And he storms out, and you can just see how hurt Uncle Phil is by Will saying that. Yeah, he just wants the best for Will. He doesn't want him to be hurt by his dad because he knows what Lou is probably going to do. He knows that his dad isn't reliable and that Will is probably going to be the one who's hurt in this situation. Yeah, and it kind of cuts to a little bit later to Uncle Phil sitting on the couch and he's he's distraught. Like he's clearly in in emotional pain from seeing this happening to Will and from what Will said to him and... Hillary takes advantage. Yeah, the kids come in and they realize that they might be able to get something out of this situation. So Hillary comes in saying that she spent too much at the mall and Phil kind of blows it off and says, okay. And then Ashley asks to stay out late and he's like, okay, fine. And then Carlton wants to have early access to his trust fund. And finally, Phil is like, no. <laughs> he asks Carlton, Carlton, am I a good father? And you can see that he like he really wants to know. He really is concerned, am I a good father, like, or am I, am I doing things wrong? And Carlton doesn't pick up on these vibes at all. Yeah, but he says that he's the best. Yeah, because he wants to get his trust fund. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton still has no, no clue of it. I think he would have said that regardless, though. Yeah, 
That's. I mean, it's not in Carlton's nature to be like, no, you're horrible. Carlton's yeah. Say well, whatever. he doesn't have much grounds to say that anyway. Right. He's getting everything I mean, he wants. Phil is pretty good. So Phil goes and he walks into Will's room. Will's in there packing to leave. Carlton's still completely misreading <laughs> the situation. Yeah, he's like measuring Will's room so that he can like take over when Will moves out. And Will's like, it's only for the summer. What are you doing? And I don't know why Carlton needs to go in there anyway. He's yeah. got his own giant room. <laughs> why does he need the guest house too? <laughs> so Will starts to apologize, but Phil cuts him off and says that he doesn't need to. He knows where he was coming from and... Phil basically is just saying that, you know, he meant what he said, but he also understands that this is something that Will no- needs to do. And I thought Uncle Phil's apology was beautiful. <laughs> uh, I even wrote that and I said Uncle Phil's apology was beautiful. <laughs> and he, you can see him doing everything in his power not to tell Will it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like you, you know that Uncle Phil can tell that Lou is going to dip out and not come in and not come back. Yep. And then the next we see Lou's late and he finally shows up and tells Phil and Vivian about a job that came up. Yep. And he says, oh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity, but I can't take Will. I got I to gotta get another person. And he asks them to, he asks them to tell Will. And yeah, Phil offers to give Will a plane ticket to Maine where Lou says that his truck will be ending up. And when he does this, Lou's like, well, I need to be flexible. Like, it probably won't work out. Yeah, you can see like all of these things that made him leave in the first place where he's this irresponsible guy. He has no feelings or emotion that lets him seemingly care for other people. He's just a selfish man thinking and doing it for himself, as, as Vivian says. It's all coming back out. All the rest of it was just a facade. Really, he's just doing it to make himself feel good, to make himself feel like he didn't do something wrong. Yep. And Phil tells Vivian to leave the room. And when she does, she's like, you're not going to hit him, are you? Because I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Which, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, Phil says, no, he's not going to hit him. And he gives him this great speech about being a man. And that's what a man does. And taking care of the family and you know not being afraid of all of that because that's that's what's what you do if you have a child you have to take care of it that's not you just abandon that thing yeah he says that he has responsibilities to will and what he needs isn't as important as what will needs so um phil basically says he won't do his dirty work for him and as Lou is walking away saying that he'll just call Will from the road, Will walks in and sees Lou leaving. Yeah, he sees him there and he's like, oh, I'm glad I caught you. Hey, can't, can't make the trip, sort of got to go. And almost immediately, it all clicks with Will. And you can just see that it was all kind of being held together inside his head. Just, you know, barely. It was just all in there and it just falls apart so easily because... I mean, he's seen it happen before, 14 years ago. Yep. Uh, and he just tells him, yep, that's okay. Yep. Yep. Plays it off as though he's okay. Yeah. And then he hits him with the, the hard one where Lou says, all right, goodbye, son. And and Will calls him Lou, not dad now. Mm-hmm. All right, see ya, Lou. Yep. And you can just see right then that Lou kind of knows that they're not going to see each other again. 
And after Lou leaves, Phil says that he's sorry and tells Will that it's okay for him to be angry. And this is where we get to Will's big monologue. Yeah. And really, uh, when they wrote it, it was supposed to be Will just kind of shrugging off that Lou was leaving. And then he kind of went in and just came in with all this emotion in it. And one of the things that people, there was a rumor that Will Smith's real father had left him and abandoned him as a kid, which wasn't a real thing. Right. Uh, that didn't happen. But he had friends who grew up without fathers and all of that. And he kind of said that he channeled that into the speech at the end where he talks about all of the things that he accomplished without him. You know, he learned how to shoot a basketball, learned how to shave, got his first girlfriend, learned how to drive a car, got through school, all this stuff uh, without him. What the hell does he need his dad for? It's not like he's five. Who needs him? Yeah. And Phil this whole time is like, it's okay to be upset. And Will talks about all the things he's going to do in the future that his dad couldn't possibly. I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey. And I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that. Because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? And then I cry. <laughs> and then everyone cries. And, and I think the audience was crying. Uh, if you listen, you can hear uh, the woman who plays Hillary, Karen, Karen Parsons, she she's crying at the end too. You can hear her mm. kind of if you listen to it at the end. You hear a woman crying. That's her. Yeah, backstage doing that. And you know, if you watch the scene, like Phil gives him a hug, and that wasn't part of the script. He just went through with that, and he's hugging me, like knocks his hat off. And I was reading some stuff. Like we normally you would have reshot that and done all this stuff, yeah. but they just said the emotion and everything with it was too much. So they just kept it. Kept it. It was just, perfect as it is. Yep. And it was. <laughs> and that is the episode. That is the episode. And like I said, I, I always, always, always cry during that last scene. I've never made it through without tearing up. And most of the time when Will screams out, what do you, th who cares what you think? You're not my father. I, I tear up then too. <laughs> and I don't know how you don't have that emotion. I'm just dead inside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you like some of Jeffrey's other, uh, Zingers. Then we've got, were your ears burning, sir, when Vivian is describing, she's describing Lou and then she wants to exaggerate how he's gotten out of shape, says, you know, he's blown up and all this stuff and yeah. Phil walks in. Then when Phil says that he was working his ass off to, to raise <laughs> Will, uh, Jeffrey says, and yet it's come back with a vengeance. Uh so many fat jokes. I know. They're all fat jokes. If you if you watch the Jeffrey Zingers, it's like half of them are just things about Uncle Phil's weight. It's yeah. great. Uh, shall we rate this one? Yeah. I was just thinking what I'm going to use as a rating scale. <laughs> There's not as many like little things in this one as other episodes. Okay. How about you go first? Sure. <laughs> um, this is by far, I think... If it's not my favorite episode, it's my second favorite episode. The one where Carlton and Will try and join a fraternity and they're turned down. Well, Carlton's turned down because he's not black enough or he doesn't represent what it is to be a black man enough for, for, the, for the fraternity. That's another great one. The one where Will gets shot and Carlton gets a gun. That's topical still today. <laughs> yep. That one's a good one. 
the one where they get pulled over just because they're two black men driving a car and they get arrested and Carlton kind of sees how the system works against black men. That's another great episode. There's so many good ones. But this one, I think I always remember and it sticks with me. And I feel the same watching it now as I did watching as a kid. Uh, And I I would I will give this one five Jeffrey insults out of five. (laughs) Such a good rating with an insincere scale. (laughs) Would would it be better if I did five Uncle Phil hugs out of five? (laughs) Okay, let's do that. Five Uncle Phil hugs out of five. Good, good. Um, so I thought this was a good episode. I remembered it. I hadn't watched it in a really long time, but it definitely came back to me as I was watching it. It was interesting that basically this episode only had one story. Like it had some little things thrown in, but they were mostly asides, like you were saying, the Jeffrey insults and that kind of thing. Um, basically it was just Will, Lou, and Phil. So... That in and of itself is a little bit unusual for this show, I think. But, you know, it does have a lot of emotional weight, regardless of whether or not I cried watching it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, and I think also Will did a really good job of that end scene, that monologue at the end. So I'll give it four propeller hats. I almost did propeller hats, but I thought, you know what? I bet that's what Katie's going to do. I'm not going to take that I have one. it written right there. I saw it. I was like, yes, that's my that's my scale right there. Nice. <laughs> Plus, I thought that the propeller hats were kind of a nice symbol for that scene and him being young. When, yeah. And they were also wearing, like, Looney Tunes yeah. sweatshirts. Yeah, trying to just recapture that childhood that he didn't get before. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Well, I've got a few other pieces of Fresh Prince trivia here. Okay. And one of them I think you'll like because it it will apply to something that I didn't know about. Okay. And that is that when the show first started, Will Smith appeared on Blossom. Yeah. As Will Smith, <laughs> as the Fresh Prince. Oh, really? Uh, Karen Parsons also appeared on it as Hillary. Interesting. They were doing kind of like a cross promotion thing. Yeah. NBC did that a lot, actually. Yeah. Well, I still, I guess I have to admit that Blossom was a real show now. And <laughs> yep. I don't know. I still don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> I haven't shown you a picture yet. No. By the way, people I know who have listened to this show and have listened to that first episode where I say that you don't know about Blossom, so many people have asked me how that is possible. I mean... Was it a popular show? It was super popular. It what? had a catchphrase. Eh. Whoa. That's not a catchphrase. It it's is a catchphrase. Word. It's a, a word. catch word. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Will Smith also met his wife through the show. She auditioned to be his on-screen girlfriend and did not get the role, but he met Jada through her audition of this. She didn't get the role because she was too short. Is that really what it was? Yeah. Nice. Um, and lastly, the world's largest flash mob did the Carlton dance. I remember watching a video of that. Yeah. Uh, this one's not, I, I don't think this is a fun fact for anyone except maybe you and mm-hmm. other people that love Friends, but yes. Janet Hubert, the woman who played Aunt Viv for the first three seasons, she was Chandler Bing's boss on Friends. 
Yeah, but she's kind of responsible for one of the worst storylines on Friends when Chandler gets sent to Tulsa. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it was season nine. He gets sent to Tulsa because he falls asleep in a meeting. And she is like asking for somebody to volunteer to move to Tulsa. And he wakes up and accidentally volunteers or something like that. So it's not her fault that he fell asleep. No, it's not. It's actually Rachel's fault because it was after she had the baby and they were at the hospital for like 48 hours and he didn't sleep. Uh, um, I could talk about friends for another 20 hours. I'm going to cut you off and go to the other woman who played Aunt Viv, Daphne Reed. She has a photography website that is focused on doors all around the world. Doors. You know, I don't think that's super unusual because in Europe and stuff, doors are actually pretty elaborate, like brightly painted, have cool doorknobs. Yeah, but I mean, is that what you want to dedicate your life to? You know, photographing, photographing doors. (laughs) There's people who photograph bathrooms. That's fair. (laughs) I have one trivia thing that is sad. Go on. Uncle Phil died. Yeah. 2013? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was sad with that one. Womp womp. I know. He he was a father figure to a lot of people and kind of showed you that you didn't have to be someone's actual father to be their dad. It's clearly shown in this last episode. Very true. I have one other thing to say that is not sad, and that's that the cast had a secret diary in the kitchen that they would write notes on. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it says in between scenes, the cast would write jokes or notes to each other while shooting episodes, and that Karen Parsons took the diary with her after the show went off the air. That's cool. I like that. (laughs) I'm sure there were a lot of memories in there, a lot of jokes. Uh, one of my favorite things that happened on The Fresh Prince was the episode where Carlton runs around the entire set and, like, through the audience and everything, everywhere, like, around the entire house and then up into the stands and everything. <laughs> oh, God, I love Carlton. Alfonso Rivera is great. And he's still doing good stuff. You know, and he's the, still doing the Carlton dance. Yeah. I'm sure he's tired of people asking him about it. <laughs> Probably. But anyways, that is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, and next week we'll be talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was one of my favorite TGIF shows, and I'll be posting the episodes we're going to talk about on both Twitter and Instagram. And after you're done listening to this episode, if you could rate, review, subscribe, all of that, it would really help us out so we can try to reach even more people who love to watch 90s shows and talk about the 90s. And until next Friday, bye!